This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. And now the joy of doing this show is that uh, you hear from all sorts of people, and Richie and I have said this before, if it wasn't for you lot, we wouldn't do this because we love hearing from you. Uh, the best thing is about you lot getting in touch is you learn a new thing about human behaviour that changes the way you look at the world, and it, and it makes you question everything. And this exact thing happened last week on the show. Uh, do you we were doing a phone-in about uh, embarrassing your kids or what you've been like banned from doing? Uh, and a lady called Vanessa phoned in uh, about this, but uh, she, she called... Uh, about like embarrassing her son but it's what she called the use of her car horn that caught our imagination this is what she said last week i've been banned from bibbing at my son as i drive past him wow and so, an, an interesting use of bibbing yeah I, i've never uh i, I mean i call it beep what do you call it beeping? i always go with beeped yeah. is it, are you, are you a, a bibber yeah bibber. you should try a beep next time you might find that less embarrassing yeah you might see that one coming <laughs> well there you go she calls it bibbing and i have to say hand on heart i've never heard anyone call the the use of the car horn uh, uh, bibbing before in my entire life. And you know, like, you get different regional variations in stuff, so, and we've talked about it before on this show, like TV, remote, and all the different things people call that, or inflatable football, you get out the front of a 24-hour garage, and all the different things people call that, but car horns, I thought, was just fairly locked in. It's just beeping your horn. So this first hour of the show, with Vanessa's comment in mind, we're going to have to do a horn audit, do us a favour, exercise your democratic right, tell us where you are from, and what you call using your car horn where you are. A valuable scientific experiment, and we're going to build up a map of the United Kingdom as a result of it. Jake says, come on, man, it's definitely tooting. Darren from Ashford, Kent says, I toot my hooter. Do you, Darren, mate? I bet the boys go crazy for it. Uh, Nikki says, toot, another tooting there. Sounds like Trumpton, this. But Beverly says, listen to this, folks, and this is where we're getting into some really dark stuff. We say bipping in our family, bipping the horn. Are you having that? You seriously having that? Uh, Bush, it's definitely a pap. Another uh, one for the books there. Pipping the horn, says someone. Paul says it's the trumpet. Alan in Edinburgh says blasting the horn. Heard that a few times before as well. We've got M on the line, though. Uh, M, what's your take on hitting the car horn? It depends on who's driving. If it's my husband, he'll say bib, and I'll say honker. <laughs> and where are you from, M? Where does this honker come from? I'm from Ohio. In Ohio, America? That's correct. Okay, so give us some context. Say you're driving home and you had to you had to beep at someone because they were about to step in the road. Tell us then how you would describe it to a friend if you were in Ohio. First, you'd give them the Ohio hand, which is like a hand signal that's not flipping them off. Okay. Almost like you're going to backhand somebody across the forehead. Okay, Ohio and hand. Then, like, give them the Ohio hand and then you smack on your honker. <laughs> <laughs> smack on your... Wow, you guys do things differently over there, but I, it's always bigger and better in America, oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you got to go big. So uh, the takeaway from tonight's show is if you, if you get in a sticky situation, just smack on your honker. That's right. Good to speak to you, Em. Take care. And you. Take care. Cheers. Uh, Mick Coyle says in Lancashire they call it pumping the horn. That's so weird. Someone says in Belfast it's a toot or probably a toot. Uh, my workmate from Poland says this person calls it horning, him or her. That's deeply distressing. Stuart says West Midlands. My wife calls it pamping the horn. Uh, we've got Hayden online. Hayden, where are you from, mate? I'm from South Africa. Which bit of South Africa originally? Johannesburg. Johannesburg. When you're on the streets of Johannesburg and, and you need to use your car horn, what do you call that? Hooting. You hooted someone. You hooted someone with your car horn? Well, we don't call it a car horn. It's called a hooter. What do you think about these people in, in, in England calling it bibbing? What do you think of, of to bib? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> I don't think I could ever say, oh, I bibbed somebody on the way home. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you wouldn't last five minutes in Johannesburg going around calling it bibbing, would you? That's for sure. No, no, not a chance. So if you, if you happen to be in Johannesburg, it's called your hooter. Yeah, it's called your hooter and you hooted somebody. Good man, thanks for clarifying it.
right, and we've got Steve on the line. Go on then, Steve, what do you call it? Papping. You say that you pap hey, your horn. You pap your horn. So are you saying popping is in popping the horn, like it's popping off, or are you just saying papping is in I papped it? Yeah, pap, you, you're papping your horn. Um, I've heard of bipping before, and bipping, bipping and bibbing. <laughs> but now we say, we say, we say papping your horn. Bippin and Bibbin sound yeah. like, you know, CBeebies, children's TV characters. And do, do your friends and family <laughs> say, say say papping? They, they use it as well? Uh, most of them do, but most of them don't drive, so... OK, so Steve, just tell us where you are so we can put papping on our uh, interactive map of the United Kingdom. I am from Nuneaton, near Coventry in Midlands. So in Coventry in the Midlands, they say papping when it comes to beeping the horn. Yeah. Give us a little beep just to finish it off then, Steve. Pap, there you go. Pap, pap, pap. <laughs> Lovely. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, I'm always on Facebook Marketplace Me, uh, whether it's looking for bargains or looking out for creepy, overly realistic baby dolls. But this chocolate fondue fountain thing came up for 12 quid down the road in Rayleigh. Uh, about 24 hours ago, and I couldn't resist. Drove down there, got it. It's what happened on yesterday's show. Uh, what I want to do tomorrow is put something through the chocolate fountain machine that isn't chocolate, because that's boring. And you guys have been coming in with some amazing suggestions. I take my hat off to you. They've been brilliant. Uh, late rally last night for loads of people suggesting we put some wine through it. What about that? Uh, one last su- suggestion then before we kind of make a final decision. Neelix is on the line. Neelix, what do you think? Yeah, lemon curd. <laughs> Perfect. Now, I haven't seen lemon curd. I haven't seen lemon curd since, like, 1986. Oh, I can. Oh, you can get it in all the uh, major superstores. Right. I'm not going to name, name any names. But so you get hot lemon curd, and you get sponge cake, dip it in, and it's instant lemon drizzle cake. Wow. So are we going to have to cut the lemon curd with someone else, like mix it with water to get it to the right consistency? Because it's quite thick, isn't it? No, but think about jam and that when you're making it, you boil it, and it turns to liquid. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. This this could be a goer. So you get you just get a n- nice bit of uh, lemon curd. You get your nice little uh, sponge cake and you dip it in this instant lemon drizzle cake. Instant lemon drizzle cake, Neelix. Thank you so much. Uh, I do like I said. I do appreciate all of the brilliant suggestions. We have come to our final decision. What we're going to do tomorrow in the midweek fountain is this. And a load of people suggested this. We're going to go for chip shop curry sauce. Imagine that for a second. How good is chip shop curry sauce? It's kind of in a league of its own, isn't it? What we're going to do that, we're going to put it through the, the machine and then it's like a little, uh, a little flush. We're going to buy some chips from around the corner and dip them in it as it flows down the fountain. It's going to be an amazing thing. It's going to happen around about this time on tomorrow's show, Midweek Fountain. If you're having one of those weeks where you just need that little extra oomph to get you over the finish line, tomorrow is it. And dipping in it, just when you thought, no, that, that'd probably be enough. We're not going to just leave it there. We're going to take it to the next level. As a bit extra, we're going to dip chip shop chips in the curry sauce as it cascades down uh, the, the, the chocolate fan machine. I literally cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. Thank you for your input on this. Emma says this sounds epic. Graham says this is biblical. Keep an eye out on Twitter tomorrow at Absolute Radio or listen right here from 5.15. This is The Daily Takeaway. I was kind of thinking the other day, right, thinking about this thing and... and it got me thinking that guitars are kind of on everything. Maybe we take guitars for granted a little bit because, you know, you look on different adverts, we're just used to having music with guitars on it. But I thought, right, in this kind of nightmare scenario, imagine a world, a parallel universe, where the guitar hadn't been invented yet. Drums are around, keyboards are around, flute, clarinet, fine. But the guitar, whoever invented it, 
Gary Strings or something wasn't a thing. And I think it's an important thing to think about because it's only by imagining a world without it it allows us to appreciate how important and vital the guitar is to the human race. So what I'm going to do, imagine we are existing in this awful parallel universe where the guitar hasn't been invented yet. I'm going to play you a famous song that you know and love, but it's got no guitar on it. The guitar has been removed. The drums and bass are on there. They've been isolated. But all you've got to do is tell me what this song is, despite the fact the guitar has been removed. Do you think you might know it? Have a listen. Guitar removed. You have to be real muso maybe to get this. Up for grabs, a hometime show tea towel, much coveted. Doesn't music sound terrible without guitar? And I'm a bass player, I wouldn't even hear this. You've got until 5.40. 8.12.15, text the show. If you think you know what this is, that's had its guitar cruelly taken away from it, and we'll pick a winner at random after that and go vote about the guitar anthems. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. I uh, hope you've got your vote in for the greatest guitar anthem of all time. With great power comes great responsibility. Absolutelyradio.co.uk. We're trusting you with this on this radio station. Uh, but in the meantime, we've been trying to guess what uh, the name is of this song that we've had the guitar removed from. Let's go to the phones. Who's this? My name is Brixton. Your name is Brixton? Yes. I like the London Tube Station. Fantastic. What an amazing, unique name that is. I don't think I've ever met anyone called Brixton before in my entire life. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I can't hide any from anyone. Who cocked up? It was the other Brixton. Doesn't work. It's great. I love it. Have you got a mate, a mate called uh, Parsons Green? <laughs> no. And I don't have a cement company called Brixton's Mortar either. Oh, that would have been, It sounds like you've had a few of these before. Uh, Brixton, I've good, had a few gags, my friend. I bet you have. I bet you have. It's good to have you on the show. We've just uh, horribly stripped a guitar away from uh, a classic track. Before I get your, your, your guess on this, can you imagine a world without guitars, Brixton? It would be very quiet, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be terrible? Do you think any other instrument could stra- step up a little bit, like flute? Maybe don't, there's not enough flute these days. No, 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 it's a different thing. I mean, yeah, you could you could get away with... Maybe the cello could convert into, yeah. a, like a guitar thing, like the double bass converted into the electric bass. That's who a good knows? point. That's a good point. I always feel with people who play cellos, they're so big to manoeuvre around that they f- I feel like they should get more reward for, for hauling it around, do you know what I mean, on buses and stuff. So, well, let's, let's cut to the chase here, Brixton. What song was it that we removed the guitar from? It was Rosanna by Toto. The Could, giveaway was there is the Picaro shuffle at the start. That's it. Loads of people have said that. I wasn't even aware of that. So, hell of a drummer, sadly no longer with us, but an amazing band. Yes, indeed. indeed. Well, well, listen, congratulations, my friend. You've won yourself a coveted hometime show tea towel. What about that, Brixton? That's wonderful. Thank you very much indeed. You take it easy and have a good Tuesday night. You take care. Bye for now. The Daily Takeaway. Uh, look, we've got a drama, nay, maybe even a tragedy unfolding in our back garden, and I need your help with it. A bit of advice needed this evening on Home Time, if that's OK. Let me explain. Uh, our father-in-law uh, put a birdhouse up on the side of the shed. So my father-in-law made him sound like a priest then. My father-in-law, our father, uh, has come down from Newcastle, obviously not specifically to do this, but he's kind of a DIY guy. He's like he's like a Geordie MacGyver. Whenever he comes to, to visit, he just doesn't take his coat off, just starts fixing stuff around the house, because I'm not very good at stuff. Anyway, he's gone and put a, a really cute birdhouse up on the side of the shed, 
Uh, and it's lovely because our two youngest daughters, Thea and Stella, will stand there, look out the back window and shriek away as these little birds pop in and out of the house, which is cute. The teenager couldn't care less, but it works for the two youngest, keeps them occupied. And I thought, what a lovely thing, you know, like kids enjoying nature. It's got the four-year-old off her tablet and stuff because sometimes they can be a bit too obsessed with screens. And it's nice for them to kind of be at one and find some kind of genuine entertainment and, and love of nature. And that's something we want to kindle and nurture. However, at the weekend, the, the moods completely changed because a kestrel turned up. Now, I don't really know too much about kestrels, but this thing was quite sinister. Imagine sinister music when it comes on screen, kind of sly eyes, uh, cowboy boots, spurs, that kind of thing. And, and it didn't do anything, the kestrel. It's just been stood there for two or three days on the fence, ominously watching as this little bird family... Uh, been going about their daily business, doing the dishes, having tea, that kind of stuff, completely unaware because we can see through the little window. And but behind them is where the kestrel stood, kind of skulking around with like a kind of a, a low-brimmed cowboy hat and that, that music from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Do you know what I mean? In fact, I'll dig that out in a minute for it. Uh, the big question is, right, should I intervene? Is this something I can... I mean, should I move the birdhouse? Or would that be in, involving myself in the natural course of nature? Because, I mean, I'm a bit of a Star Trek fan. I remember there's a thing in Star Trek called the Prime Directive, which uh, apparently, according to Wikipedia, the Prime Directive prohibits uh, Starfleet personnel and spacecraft from interfering in the normal development of any society and mandates that any Starfleet vessel or crew member is expendable to prevent violation of this rule. So it's a little bit like David Attenborough, where they can't kick a wolf to get it away from a chicken if they're filming in, in the Sahara. Poor example, I know. But it's that kind of thing. So this is the kind of crossroads that I'm at. It's whether I get involved, move the birdhouse, uh, frustrate the kestrel, or, horrifically in front of our two youngest children, watch nature take its true course as this kestrel has what someone's described on uh, on Twitter. I've turned into... I've made a kind of a McDonald's birdhouse for it. So your advice on this hugely crucial nature question, much uh, appreciated on this Tuesday night. Angela's on the line. What do you reckon? Um, well, we were sitting in our dining room... Um, window, well, looking out at window, and uh, my husband just pointed out that there were a firework there, and right. it, children had sat down watching it, just pulled this starling apart, <laughs> um, and watching it just eat it. Oh. Um, and then something happened, maybe a cat came or something, and this firework flew off, right? Um, and it didn't come back. So, after about 10 or 15 minutes, we had to go out and clear all innards up. It's like the circle of life out in your back garden, isn't it, Angela? It is, yeah. So is this going to scar, scar the children to see um, uh, this kestrel or sparrowhawk eat some little birds? No, they uh, they remembered it. They called it that spiky bird for years. Spiky bird. Brilliant. Nightmares for the rest of their lives. Thanks, Angela. <laughs> Thank you. This is The Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway.